Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. My name is Austin. I'm the lead pastor here at Tacoa. If it's your first time with us, I want to say welcome. We'd love to meet you in person after service, and we have a free gift for you as well. And today as we gather, it is not just a church service, it is a family. And if you don't have one, I want to invite you that we would love to adopt you into one. Part of following Jesus is being in relationship with other people and in community, people that can encourage us in our life and in our faith. I know I can use more of that in my life. So if you need that, welcome home, welcome to our family. This series, we're talking about the vision that God has given us as a church as we started out. We're only a year and a half old. And also the specific vision he's given us for this year. And I believe not just the vision for our church, but part of this series is giving you the vision that he has for your life as well. And the two things that we are pushing into, we call it a two-by-two here at Tekoa, two things um, in different areas that we are consistently praying in, that we need God to move for him to do. And the two things that we're really praying into as a church this year. The first one is encouragement. I preached on that last week that this would be the most encouraging place in the Bay Area, in San Jose. That we would be filled with God's encouragement and everybody that comes in here would be encouraged. And the second is the Holy Spirit. We're going to focus more on that next week, and I'm going to talk about that. But our vision is that we would be prepared for the battle, that Tekoa would be the place where people turn to God first, go as he leads, and then see his miraculous provision. We get that from 2 Chronicles 20, where we get our name from, and that's what I'm going to focus on today. And, you know, we all face battles in life, and we need the strength of God to fight them, right? We face all sorts of things. Maybe it's a problem at work or school. It's a test coming up. It's a meeting coming up that we don't want to have. It's a situation with our family or a situation in our finances or marriage. There are so many different things that we face in this life. And, you know, you know even it's just the battle of getting out of bed when the alarm goes off in the morning— who's with me, why did God make it so difficult to just succeed at the very first battle we face every single day? That's what I want to know. But that's one that I'm working on getting it better at each and every day. Um, And we face so many things in life. And this week, as I was preparing this message, I, I was reminded and thinking back to some time that I spent in the country of Russia. Some of you have heard maybe part of this story before, but back when you could travel there. I don't think you can travel there right now. Um, But back when you could travel there, and it was still difficult, um, I found myself in the middle of nowhere in Russia. And it was, I loved the people there. Let me get that out of the way. There was amazing people that I met in that country. So let me just get that positive part of it out of the way first. But it was cold. It was depressing. Like even the architecture is mostly just like concrete buildings with concrete walls. (laughs) Like, it's just kind of a depressing place. It, it, like, and there's a spirit of almost depression there. And, And I felt so alone, and I was doing some missions work, and it was me and seven women were on my team. I was the only guy. And so I just felt even more alone. And, 
And I, I was worried. Of, I w- it was difficult there. And then I knew when I got back home, what was waiting for me was new challenges that I was worried about. And one morning, we were staying at a church for, for part of the time there. And one morning, I, I got up really early and I felt like, you know, I just got to I got to connect with God somehow. Um, I play drums, and I love playing drums. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to go down to their, their, like, worship space where they have a drum set. I'm going to put on my headphones, and I'm going to start, like, just drumming to some worship music. And hopefully this is a way that I can just change my perspective in the middle of everything. And so I started doing that, and, like, I got into it. I was excited, but I just, like, nothing was really shifting. Nothing was really changing for me. And then all of a sudden, somebody walked in, and it's like 7 a.m., and I thought, uh-oh. Like, I woke somebody up. I'm, like, making too much noise too early in the morning. I didn't ask anybody if I could be here. I just, I just did it. I'm in trouble. And then somebody else walked in, and I was like, okay, I'm, like, quick, like, putting my sticks in my bag and, like, packing up and getting ready to just get out of there. Because um, it's Russia. Nobody speaks English. Like, I've never been to another country where there are the least amount of English speakers. And so these people start coming in, and I'm like, I don't know what's happening. I'm getting out of here. And as I was about to leave, one person came up to me and spoke some English and shared hey, we're having a time of worship and prayer this morning. We're praying for our city. Stay with us. They never met me. They didn't know me. They were just like, well, this person's here. We'll invite them. And they could tell that I was the outsider. And I had this moment of, do I leave? Like, I'm kind of, I'm still depressed. This didn't work like I thought it would. Or do I stay? And I said, you know what? I'll stay. And so for the next hour, I didn't know any of the worship songs. It wasn't like the Russian version of English song. It was just totally different. I didn't know any of the prayers that they were praying. But I had one of the most powerful worship experiences I've ever had in my life with a bunch of people I've never met. All I knew was that they were fellow Christians. All I knew is that we were praying for the same thing, for God to move in our world and in our lives. And it transformed me. It didn't transform my situation, but it transformed me, and I believe that's what worship does for us. It transforms us, and it transformed even my perspective. You know, uh, a little bit after this, we were in this little tiny, like, town, and I met this guy who had lived in Spain for a year, and so for 30 minutes, there was another male that I could talk to, and in our both broken Spanish, we talked for 30 minutes, and I said, okay, God, I, I my perspective is you sent this guy to talk to me in the middle of this country and I'm going to have faith and keep trusting and following after you because the worship changed my perspective. My message today is titled, Stand Before God so that we can stand strong in the battle. Stand, strong before, stand before God so we can stand strong in the battle. And we stand before God first so that we can then stand before the enemy in our lives. And it's an essential truth to our life and to our faith, but one that I think so many people have a hard time fully grasping. And what I want to do is broaden your understanding this morning to give you an amazing tool for the challenges that we face in our lives. Let me tell you about how this came about. For the last two months— I've been praying for a name and vision for what we do as a church for especially our prayer and worship nights. As Tim mentioned, part of our vision, the name comes from people that worshiped before God. And I just felt like we need some vision, we need some name for this, we want to do more of these in the future. What does this look like? God, please provide. And it took four weeks, five weeks, 
for him to finally give me that vision, and that's where this message comes from today. And you got to understand, normally I preach, I write a sermon a week, right, for, for church. So for me to work on something for five weeks and just say, God, I'm not, I'm not giving up on this until you answer, there was some diligence that I needed to do there. So Second Chronicles 20 is where he led me back to, which is where we got the name of the church from. Um, it's a passage I've preached on many times before, but I think there's something new, even if you've heard me t- teach on this before. It's one of my favorite passages in all the Bible. Um, we get our name from verse 20, but we're going to start in verse 1 this morning. So Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites, and with them some of the Munites, came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, the king of Israel, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom, from beyond the sea, and behold, they are in Hazor Tamar, that is En Gedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek the Lord. This is where I want us to start this morning. Seek the Lord. This needs to be our first response. As we say, turn to God first. Seek Him and what He has for us. And so I want to explain how do we do that? Why do we do that? But too often in life, right, this isn't our first response. Something challenging is coming and we think, well, I got to get ready for whatever that thing is. Right? We're too busy to pray, let alone fast and worship and extend, have some more time. Like nobody has time for that, but this is the truth this morning. You are too busy not to pray. You are too busy not to worship because you need God to be moving in your life. It's not, get the battle plans together, the army's coming, assemble the generals, assemble everything. It's, we got to go to God. We need him first. And too many of us get the priorities wrong, and then we get wounded in the battle because we were trying to just figure it out as much as we could. And it says in here three times that they didn't throw up a prayer on the way, like I think so many of us do, right? That Hail Mary prayer of like, I'm in over my head. Like, what's it gonna, I got nothing to lose. God, please provide. I don't really think you will, but I got nothing to lose. So I'm just gonna say it and ask it. And then I'm gonna go do my thing as best as I can. Like, I'll cover my basis, but I don't think so. No, they said, I'm gonna go seek the Lord. So throw up the map here, because I wish this was a little bit bigger for you guys, but, um, this is where they were. This is modern-day Israel. This is Jerusalem. This is modern-day Jerusalem. This is where the capital was of the Israelites. This whole green area is Israel, Judah, and their enemies assembled around them. You got Ammon, Moab, Edom, the, the Munites. I should have figured out how to say that before I started preaching this morning. I just read it in my head and skipped right over it. I think we all do that. And, right, they were legitimately afraid because all of their surrounding neighbors— assembled together to come. And it says they came by way of En Gedi, which is pretty close. This is less than 45 miles from the capital. And they had to be pretty far on their way for the messenger to know they were coming this way and not this way or, or a, different ma- a different path. And so everybody's coming on their way to go fight the Israelites. And so what did Jehoshaphat do? It says he was afraid Okay, that's legitimate. I get why he was afraid. All of the surrounding nations were coming. Like, it's okay to be afraid. What matters is what we do after. He was afraid, so he set his face to seek the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast throughout all of Judah, and Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord from all the cities of Judah. They came to seek 
the Lord. And so they got together in Jerusalem to seek the Lord. And that, you can, yeah, here's the next map. So this is zoomed in on the Dead Sea. This is En Gedi where they were marching to. Here's Jerusalem. And then they were about to go. So this is close. So they've got like two days before the battle happens and they get invaded. And what does he do? He says, let's assemble and pray and fast and seek the Lord. Like, but, but king, the enemy's on the way. Like, we should really start getting ready. No, stop, pray, fast. And so they do, and then later in the chapter, right, they go down by way of Bethlehem where God would send Jesus to be born. And then they make their way to Tekoa where God provides for them. So let's keep looking at this. How do we get to that place of Tekoa? Well, what did they do? Three times, it mentions in verse 3 and 4, three times it says they went to seek the face of the Lord. This needs to be our first response in life. In good times and bad, we go to seek God first, to celebrate, to, to see with the right perspective, or when we're afraid, like the Israelites were here. Because, you know, God is not hard to, be fi- hard to find, right? It's not like hide and seek They had to go, like, search him out to find him. But they did have to take the time and work to go before him, to go where he was, and to connect with him. And that's what it meant, that they set aside the time and the place to go connect with him, to find his face. It's not difficult, but it's intentional. It's intentional. So don't be like the psalmist says in in verse 4, of Psalm 10, in the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. All right, don't be like that. Take heed of the warning. Don't just go on your own. Nah, there is no God. But go and seek his face. How often are you seeking God? In what ways are you seeking him? You're here right now at church. That's a great step. It's a great way for you to be seeking him, but there's so many other ways in our life. What is your attitude like? How are you doing it? They proclaimed a fast. As a church, we proclaimed a fast last week, 21 days of prayer and fasting. If you didn't jump in, you can jump in right now. Um, Do the next 14 days with us and pray to seek God on behalf of our church and seek God in your own life. And we want to stand beside you and pray for you as well. I'm praying for everybody that signed up on that list that they would move. You can head to the Connect page on our website. There's a link right there. Um, And they proclaimed a fast, right? And so if you're seeking God, it says in verse 5 here, and Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord. It's where you are right now. This is the house of the Lord. Before the new court and said, O Lord God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might, so that none is able to withstand you. Did you not, our God, drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, If disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, if the fight comes to us, if life throws us through the ringer, he's saying, if it looks like things aren't going how they should, if we think there isn't a God, or where did he go, what is he doing, 
He says, we will stand before this house and before you, God, if that happens. For your name is in this house, your presence is in this house. We'll cry out to you in our affliction. You will hear us and you will save. This is what King Solomon prayed. These very words that I just read when he dedicated the temple, they quoted them and declared them and said, it's happening now. The battle is coming to us. We're doing what we're supposed to do. We're afraid, but we're coming to you, God, to seek you for help. And he says, And now behold, the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, whom you would not let Israel invade when they came from the land of Egypt, and whom they avoided and did not destroy, behold, they reward us by coming to drive us out of your possession. We did what you said, God, but now it does not seem to be working out how it should. Behold, they reward us. O our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Meanwhile, all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, with their wives, and their children. Everybody together stood before the Lord. This is my second point this morning. Stand before God. This is what they did. They went and stood before God. Because it changes us when we stand before God. And we get to go in His strength and not just our own strength. We get to go with His wisdom and not just our wisdom. We get to have confidence from our position and power that we have in God's Spirit. And we get to gain the wisdom of how to go forward in the battle because the wisdom that they gained was not earthly wisdom. It made no sense. But they trusted God. And it's a choice to stand before God. And then it's a choice to remain standing. Worship and prayer is a choice, and you choose whether you're going to be a part of that. Next Sunday night, even, we're going to do a worship night. You can choose to be a part of that, to stand before God with us. I would invite you to do that. It's going to be an amazing time as we assemble together. Or you can say, ah, I'm busy. I don't have time for that. Remember what I said, right? Too busy not to pray. Too busy not to worship. Because then the rest of what God does in your life is going to go so much better because you've stood before him first. And I want to invite you to stand with us as a church. There's some big things I'm going to get to share about the vision for this year at that worship night. And I want to invite you, stand and be with us. But we have to seek him, we have to stand before him, and we need to keep standing. Last Sunday, I shared words of encouragement and verses for everybody that was here. Right? I prayed over them, some of our team prayed over them, that they would be specific things for people and not just a random, like, good luck fortune cookie that you picked out of the basket last week. And if you were here and you got to take one of those, a word from God, many people said that they were encouraged by them, but, you know, a few people were like, I, I took it, I got up in faith, and I took it, and I read it, and just, eh, like, whatever. It didn't seem to say anything to me. But then I heard two different people by the end of the week told me it wasn't until Thursday, and then and then I heard what God was saying to me out of that verse and that scripture. Somebody else said to me, you know, I've been praying over my two-by-two two and that God had given me personally what I'm praying for, seeking this year. And I got that, that verse on Sunday and whatever. Like, it didn't apply. But they didn't give up. They continued to read it and hold on to it. They put it in their Bible. Friday came along. They took another look at it and said, you know, the part in bold that you had highlighted wasn't, that didn't matter, like, I knew that, that, that was whatever. But then the other part of the verse, 
What I was praying for was more grace in my life, that I felt like God was calling me to have more grace. And the second half of the verse spoke about how God's grace for me. And they said, you know what? Finally on Friday it clicked and God was speaking to me through it and I saw what he was doing and I was so encouraged by what he was doing. But you know what? If they would have given up on Sunday and said, you know what? I came to church, God. I even got up when the pastor asked me to go pick up the thing myself and I took it in faith and I read it and it, it, it didn't mean anything to me. I didn't get a tingly feeling like, ah, oh, the Holy Spirit is doing something. I didn't get that. If they would have just given up, then they wouldn't have got what God had for them. See, we have to go stand, we have to seek God, we have to stand before Him, and we have to keep standing until He moves and He speaks and He provides because He will if we don't give up too soon. Don't give up too soon. You stand and you keep standing until God gives you the word that you're seeking from Him. This message, right, what did I say? I stood before God for over a month until he spoke it to me because I knew this is what our church needed. And I wasn't going to give up after like, well, this is the best I got, God. Good enough. Like, I I gave you a week. Good enough. I'm moving on. No, I said, this is, I'm going to stand until you move on this, God. I don't care if it takes five weeks or if it takes five months. I'm going to keep standing until you provide. When you have a battle coming in your life or that you feel like you're in the middle of, You don't just go out on your own. You stand, and then you keep on standing. How do you do that, right? You can do that through corporate worship, through coming to church on Sundays. We do that through musical worship often here on Sundays as well. You can do it at home as you, you know, put on Spotify or whatever. I do that all the time. You can do it through prayer. You can do it through fasting. You can do it through giving your finances. You know, it says... I trust God more than I trust the storm in my life. Maybe things have gotten worse financially, but I'm going to trust you, God, and that says I worship you, and my perspective is I need you more than I'm just going to figure it out on my own. Maybe it's you're personally reading the Bible, trusting, listening to God. You know, I think the world even knows, I was talking to somebody about this this week, the world knows that there's something to being before even just a higher power. There's, a, there's something to silence even, but it wasn't invented by Buddha or some 21st century psychologist. This was a Christian practice going back to the beginning. Even the psalmist said, I was still before you, God. He said, be still, God said to him, and know that I am God. And there's a place in that silence, not to just empty our brains, empty ourselves so that we're not worried about the things of our lives, but to be filled with the truth and the goodness that God has speaking to us, to meditate on scripture and worship and what God has for us. If you want a quick tool on that, you can throw this up there. Um, There's this app called Lectio 365. You can find it on um, Apple or Android, and it's it's a great tool to just walk you through for 10 minutes of scripture and just a little bit of time to just reflect of, hey, I, you know, I need some help. I don't, like, I don't know how to do this on my own. Well, there you go. It's, it's all outlined for you. You just have to, the thing you need to do to seek God and stand before him is just hit the open button on the phone or the iPad or whatever it is, which sometimes that's a big enough battle on its own, but you could do that, you know, and another, another pastor this week, um, I heard this passage from Isaiah And it really spoke to me in this message today. And Isaiah says this, To grant to those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes. Instead of, right, mourning, the oil of gladness instead of mourning. The garment of praise instead of a faint spirit. 
that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. This is what worship does for us, right? Some of you have been wondering why this has been over here all service. It's my secret preacher trick to have you engage. Like, when is he going to take that out? What is he going to do with that? But this is what worship does. It's like putting on a jacket. The same circumstances that were crushing you yesterday will take and let you thrive today. Isaiah says it's a garment of praise. It's like putting on a jacket. Does putting on a jacket change the weather? No. I wish it did. I could have used that trick this week. I wanted to be outside. I would have put on that rain jacket and said, okay, God, now the rain's stopping. No, it doesn't change the weather, but it changes how I go out into the storm. It changes me. It equips me for what God wants to do, and I remember that he's with me, and I'm equipped for it. Worship is the way that we change our focus, push aside the things that are worrying us, that are discouraging us, and we see who Jesus is, and we remember that he's on the throne of heaven, and he has provided a way for us, and that the Holy Spirit is with us. And I, it says, I believe that you're in control, God, even when I, what I see in front of me says, I don't know if that's true. Worship is like putting on that jacket. Some of us, some of you, maybe need to take a look at your coat closet and take stock. What's in there? Your prayers, your worship, your fasting, it's not quite s- stacking up in your life. What's, what's in your closet right now? Some of you need to get more coats in there. Some of you need more jackets. Maybe it's knowing a little bit more scripture. Maybe it's knowing a few more worship songs so that you know what to turn on when the battle is coming and you're a little bit worried. Because, you know, it comes. It came for me this week. There was things that were difficult in my life that I was facing, and my temptation was both to worry and start working as much as I could to make it happen. You know, the two, the two songs we're going to sing after the message in response, I had those on repeat all week because that was the jacket I needed to put on in my life so that I could go knowing the truth of what God said was coming and how I was supposed to go. The storm's coming, the battle's coming, but I know the creator of the weather, the creator of the universe, can still it with a breath. I got a jacket and I'm heading into the storm. I'm not worried. I'm warm. I'm dry because God's with me. It's going to be okay. I know the Almighty is there. I'm going to be fine. See, you worship God, you pray to him, you stand before him. And as you elevate Jesus, it's like putting him back on the throne where he has always been, but you realize it in your own life. It's like putting on a jacket because you can walk into the storm, you can walk into the weather warm and dry. Let's keep reading. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mathaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, in the midst of the assembly. And he said, listen, here's the word of God. Thus says the Lord to you, do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow go down against them. Behold, they will come up by the ascent of Ziz. You will find them at the end of the valley, east of the wilderness of Jeruel. You will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, and the Lord will be with you. Right? The battle was no different 
Enemy still coming. Nothing changed, but they weren't afraid anymore. They didn't need to be because they knew that God was with them. They had reminded themselves as they encountered him. Then Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him. And the Levites, the Kothalites, the Korahites stood up to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. A lot of scripture today. But this is what happened. See, they heard a promise from God, a prophecy from him. They stood and they praised God afterwards, too. They didn't say, okay, God answered, like, now on to what I need to do. They stood before him, and they worshiped him, and they followed him, and he said, I'm with you. And then they responded again in praise to him. This is our response, to seek the Lord, stand before him, and to worship him. Then we can go out and stand firm in our battle. This is the last part of it. We stand before God so that we can stand strong in the battle. We stand before God so that we can then stand strong in the battle. I want to look at the New Testament. Ephesians 6, verse 13 says, Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on all the pieces of armor. See, we armor up to stand strong. And then it says, Therefore we go and stand. Stand therefore having fastened. We stand before God, and then we go stand before the battle. We put on the armor. We do that by standing before God so that we can go before our enemy, our battle, our trial, whatever we're facing in this life. And we fight that. We do that in worship. The victory is determined there. We might still need to go fight and do our part like the Israelites were about to do. But the victory was won by standing before God. The victory wasn't won when they went out to face the enemy. It was determined there. The strength, the wisdom that was given before God, that's what they needed. We stand before him so that we can stand strong in our battles. Let me invite the band up as I finish, and then we're going to get a chance to practice this. Tomorrow's provision depends on today's faithfulness. Tomorrow's provision depends on today's faithfulness. How are you standing today Let's stand strong before him. See, they went to seek the Lord. They went and stood before him. And then they believed in his words and promises to them. They stood before him. They prayed and they worshiped. Then they went out and they stood firm in the battle. And then the story gets finished at the place of Tekoa. In that wilderness of Tekoa, they went and they did something crazy because that's what God said to do. They sent their worshipers in front of the army. You would never do that. There's no offensive capabilities. There's no defensive capabilities. They are completely helpless on their own. You might put them at the back of the army to encourage them as they go forward, but you would never put them in the front. But God said put them in the front, so that's what they did. And as they worshiped at Tekoa, God provided a victory for them because they went to seek God first. And they stood before him in prayer and worship. And then they went as he led and put their army at the front. And then they saw his miraculous provision. Their enemies turned on one another. And then they went home. They didn't even need to fight. Not a single person needed to fight in the battle. They just worshiped. That's our vision for Tekoa. That it would be a place where people seek God first, go as he leads, and see his miraculous provision. This is what God wants for your life as well. 
No matter what you are facing right now or this week or will face later this year, He wants to provide, but you have to seek Him, to trust Him, and then go as He leads. And it's determined when we stand before Him in worship. We declare the truth in that place. We get the jacket that we need to go forward. We get the wisdom that we need to go forward. And the outcome is in God's miraculous provision. So I want to invite you to stand with me as we pray. All right, let's stand together. Whatever you are facing, I want to invite you to give this to God. Let's pray together. God, I'm standing before you right now. We're standing before you. We're asking God that you would provide in our lives and our church. God, I pray for just your miraculous provision over this church. Right now, I want to invite you, if you've got something in your life, a battle that you're facing or about to face, to just give that to God. Tell Him, I trust you. Tell Him, I'm standing before you right now seeking your provision, and then I'm going to go as you lead. If you need His provision in your marriage, with your kids, with your family, with school or exams, with work, with a meeting, with finances, with housing, God wants to provide if you turn to Him. So right now, just give it to Him. You can even just, just lift up your hands, open them up, and just say, God, th- I, this is, I'm, lift- I'm giving it to you. I'm turning to you for your provision, God, in my life. And I believe He is going to provide for you. God, I pray that you would provide for our church. God, that this vision would be the reality that it wouldn't just be a, some hope that we get in this place, but that it would be your miraculous provision as it was at Tekoa. I pray even this morning that there would be miracles that break out in this room, miracles of healing, miracles of deliverance, miracles of restored relationships, whatever this people need, that Holy Spirit, God, you would move and connect with them, that you would change lives this morning. If you're here and you say, this sounds great, I've I don't know, but I've never done it, but it sounds really, really good. Jesus came for each and every one of us. And if you've never put your faith in him, he wants to invite you into his family right now. He lived a perfect life where we couldn't. He died a death on the cross that we deserved because we've all messed up. And God took our punishment on his shoulders. God says all we need to do is to trust in him is believe that he came for us believe that he died for us and choose to follow him if that's you this morning just echo these words in your heart this morning and just commit to him say Jesus I believe in you I believe you came for me I believe you died for me and Jesus I choose to follow you amen thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tekoa card on our Connect page, tekoachurch.org connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tekoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tekoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time.
blessings.